When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on a Thursday, June the 29th, 2023. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Very pleased to be joined this time around by one of my new cohorts there on the On3 Network. The one and only Joseph Hastings does an outstanding job covering recruiting along with Andrew Bone, Tim Watts. As you know, uh, incredible staff we've assembled now at BamaOnline.com since the migration over to the new network. And uh, first of all, Joe, welcome to the Bama Online Podcast. Travis, I'm so excited about this. You know, I've heard people call us the Alabama Avengers, you know, making up (laughs) nicknames of that nature. But uh, this group is just so great to be a part of. And I'm glad to finally be hopping on a podcast with you and talking about Alabama recruiting. I'm very excited about this. Well, we're just glad you have time from your busy schedule. Uh, man, you talk about the month of jo- June for Joseph Hastings. Uh, I know Tim Watts extremely well. We've worked together for 20 years at BamaOnline.com. I know where he comes from, from a recruiting coverage perspective. Uh, he's traveled some of those same roads, some of those same airways that you have. So I'm going to guess you're getting mileage out of all this. I mean, you've been to what, California? You've been to, you name it, man. You've been everywhere. I have been everywhere. The only problem is I keep using different airlines each time and different car rental companies. So I'm not really racking up the points too much. Uh, I am using the Chase credit card for each of them. So I'm, I'm ah. accumulating points there, trying to be smart. But yeah, it's been JetBlue or Delta or American Airlines, different ones each time. So yeah, the mileage has not been racked up just yet. <laughs> That's all right. As long as you've got that credit card rewards thing going, uh, you, you should be you okay. Go. From that perspective, but Joe, so much to talk about just in relation to, I guess, yesterday, right? Uh, kind of a ho-hum Wednesday going on. And then first and foremost, we get the news. Uh, I don't think it was totally unexpected because we had heard even a couple of weeks ago after his visit to Alabama that North Dakota State basketball transfer, Grant Nelson, was likely to land with the Crimson Tide. It came to fruition yesterday uh let me get your reaction to that and i know you've had conversations with his father nels and also um with uh grant's high school coach uh Derek gathman i believe it is so just give us some takeaways over these last couple of weeks because it, it, it seemed to be in limbo tim had told us here on the podcast that things were still trending in that direction but i guess just some as we talked about with tim earlier in the week some eyes to dot and some t's to cross yeah, it's been a long two two weeks and two days just waiting for the official announcement to be made. You know, on three, Joe Tipton had reported that the expectation was that Grant Nelson was going to be transferring to Alabama, but there are some things to still work out behind the scenes. And an official announcement wasn't made until yesterday. And when it was, you know, it wasn't necessarily a huge surprise for Alabama fans. This is something that we've been expecting to happen, but for it to finally be made official, it's massive because you look at Alabama's team this upcoming season and you picture it with Grant Nelson and you picture it without Grant Nelson. It's two completely different teams. You're not looking at the same basketball team uh, if Grant Nelson is not on it versus Grant Nelson 
on the Crimson Tide. And for what Alabama did, you know, on the bas- uh, on the recruiting trail, um, you know, for them to land Nelson over Arkansas, it's massive. You know, we talk about Arkansas being a team that they're going to have to face in the in the SEC and um, go up against multiple times in, in the regular season, potentially in, in uh, post-regular season play. You, you talk about that and you, you realize that you would rather have Grant Nelson on your team than with him with the Razorbacks. And, um, you know, I spoke with his dad, Nels Nelson, about, um, you know, his son's commitment to Alabama. And he pretty much told me that it came down to fit. It came down to fit with the Crimson Tide, how Grant would be able to go in there and mesh well with what NATO and company likes to do. You, you know, you scour the Bama online message boards, uh, other Alabama um, message boards and Twitter, and you just hear the common theme be uh, said, Grant Nelson fits like a glove in NATO's offense. He's exactly what NATO and company want to do. Now, from a shooting perspective, you know, there's going to be some things to, to fine tune there. He's not necessarily an elite shooter from outside, but just being able to get to the rim, attack the basket, um, you know, his athleticism, he can put any uh, somebody on a poster at any given moment. Uh, and, and as he continues to work on his shot, that will make him even more of a threat. Uh, because you, you'd have to respect the drive and respect the step back or mid-range shot, whatever he's able to develop. But um, this is somebody that Alabama fans should be very excited about. And, uh, you know, I talked with his high school head coach, uh, Derek Gaffman at Devil's Lake. And, um, you know, Derek is no longer there at, at Devil's Lake as the as the men's basketball coach. But, you know, he just really spoke highly of who Grant is as a person. As a player, he said his son looks up to Grant um, that, you know, after games at North Dakota State, he would go down and sign autographs. So as a person, you're getting somebody who's pretty humble and, um, you know, respects the process. And, you know, I think handled things the the correct way, um, you know, and then on the basketball court, he talked about his slasher ability, his handles you know, being someone who's six foot 11, he started off in high school as a freshman at six foot. So he learned some guard skills at that wow. point and was able to carry them over to when he became six foot 11, a la Anthony Davis or other uh, players who have taken a big jump um, height wise. So very, he he's very excited about this addition. And um, so should Alabama fans be. Yeah. When you look at Nelson in terms of skill set, his ability to face up the basket and take like-sized players or even defenders that are smaller to the bucket off the bounce is something you just don't see from 6'11 guys. Obviously, he can run the court. He can finish on the break. You mentioned the shooting. Uh, I think he's a capable three-point shooter. His percentage wasn't particularly good last season, but I think he can be a guy in those low 30, mid 30 percent um, you know, three-point shooting numbers, not a guy who's probably going to take five or six or more a game, but if he can knock down one or two a game uh, because of his ability to take the ball to the rim, you know, that's going to help set him up and and some other folks as well. And so um, you, you talked to Gathman too. I thought Gathman had an interesting player comp for him, a guy I hadn't really thought about, but uh, it really struck me when when I read your your update. Lamar Odom and you know that I'm a Lakers fan so I I watched Lamar Odom on those on those championship teams I remember him I was like you know because I I wasn't able to really figure out a comp for Grant Nelson watching his his highlights earlier this year when he went viral in January and then I started to think about Lamar I'm like okay I can kind of see it you know Lamar wasn't necessarily a sharpshooter from the outside but he could make the occasional three especially from the corner uh he could attack the basket he could also make plays for for his teammates and i think that's going to be really interesting with with Nelson depending on the lineup that he's in uh for him to attack the basket and kick it to to outside shooters so if you put him at the 5 
you know, he's going to potentially have Aaron Estrada, Jared Stevenson, you know, potentially Mark Sears, guys to kick it out to who are capable three-point shooters. And, you know, you like that because if the defense collapse on him in the paint, he's going to be able to to dish it out and rack up some assists. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody who on, on some nights leads Alabama in assists and is their primary playmaker depending on the matchup. So uh, what, what I really like that comparison, you know, watching both of them. Obviously, you know, Lamar's a left-hander, Grant's, you know, Grant's a right-hander. I, I think, um, you know, the, the athleticism, the comp is is definitely true there. I think Lamar may have been a little bit of a ball, ha- a better ball handler, um, you know, at, at, at that point in his career. But, you know, N- Nelson's somebody who has those guard-like ball handling capabilities. And when you have that and the ability to attack the basket, you have somebody who uh, could be really special there in Nate Oates' offense. And you talked about the shot too. You know, I def- like you look at his shot, it's not a bad form. It's not a bad, um, you know, the fundamentals aren't terrible. It's not like something that's going to need a lot of work to be done. But like you said, if he can get it down consistently, like mid, mid-30s, low-30s, you know, hit a three or two every now and then, keep the defense on their heels, you know, Wow, it just the, the sky's the limit for someone like him. And you're looking if if that shot is um you know consistent and he's able to make it on a on a regular basis, you're looking at a potential lottery pick. That's what I think. I think that's what his ceiling is. It's just wow. gonna really kind of depend on where the shot goes. Yeah, and you don't think Alabama's done with the portal at this point, not with the departure of Javon Quinterly uh mm-hmm. heading to the transfer portal, um, the the Alabama guard. So we've heard some names like Joe Tassant of uh west virginia i guess joe Mm -hmm. um alabama still has a spot or two to potentially fill i guess uh obviously getting stevenson uh committed here and reclassified for 2023 man it's crazy just the moving pieces in college basketball on almost a week-to-week basis and we're in late june we're headed into july and so much of this is still going on that's the thing you you thought like okay once you know, Nelson was reported back on June 12th, I believe. And then Jaron Stevenson committed a week ago. You're like, okay, it's set. You know, we got 12 out of 13. Maybe they take a, a, in another transfer, but it's not a necessarily a necessity. Uh, the, the the team is fine. And then JQ hits the transfer portal. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Obviously, the timing of it wasn't necessarily appreciated. He's somebody who's, um, you know, given Alabama some some really great moments. But, um, you know, you, you, you would have hoped that a, it would have happened a few weeks ago or would have happened at a more opportune time. But it really makes the additions of Aaron Ashada and Latrell Wrightso Jr. in particular that much more important for Alabama for this upcoming season. Just talking about guys in the backcourt who can, um, you, you know, distribute, make plays for themselves, um, make plays for teammates, things of that nature. Um, so that, that was a huge pickup. Now, with, with Joe um, Tucson out of West Virginia, we'll see, you know, there's some reports that he, he is expected to take a date visit to Alabama. Still waiting to see if that date has been locked in uh, 100% yet. But, you know, that that would be an interesting addition there too. Um, you know, you, you would have to imagine they're going to go to transfer portal route. I don't, I don't know if... Um, someone like a Boogie Flan, a class of 2024 prospect will reclassify and do something similar to Jaron Stevenson. But who knows? I mean, like you said, things are changing. Uh, it's so fluid nowadays. Um, but, you know, I you definitely expect for that 12th spot at least to be filled. The, I think the question would be, would the 13th spot be filled? Maybe, maybe not. But, um, yeah, I, I would expect that 12th one to be filled at, at some point. Yeah, a mix of some good and bad news over this last week for Alabama men's who put with Stevenson and Nelson coming in, um, where that helps offset the the less than positive feedback you got from Javon. And you're right, 
having Estrada in there, I think he's going to be a presence on the basketball for sure. Right. Cell can give you some of that Mark Sears. Um, and as you said, in outlining what Nelson brings to the table, Nate really likes all his guys. If, if they can all handle it, uh, that's great. Cause he wants to push the basketball. Uh, it's not a system where you get a defensive board and you locate the, the outlet pass to the point guard and that's it. If, if you get the board and you can push, uh, more more power to you, and I think we'll see that with, with Grant Nelson. Hey, some other big news. I guess you could say really big news because it involved a defensive lineman here midweek with the Alabama football program, an in-state defensive line target, and Isaiah Fonga flips from the Utes, Joe, to the in-state Alabama Crimson Tide. Give us some background there. So I think on the surface, when you look at Asaya and you look at his recruiting profile, you're like, okay, he's he's an Alabama-based defensive lineman. He's committed to Utah. This should be an easy one for the Crimson Tide, right? No, it, it wasn't an easy one because Asaya was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, so he's got ties to near the West Coast, out West. Uh, his uncle, Louis Powell, is the defensive ends coach there at Utah. Utah was the first program to offer him when he was a sophomore. Um, you know, so, so th there's some long-standing connections there with the youth's coaching staff uh, and the program in general. That was going to be hard to overcome. So, uh, you know, Saya, his father is currently deployed overseas. You know, he's he comes from a military background, so he's lived in North Carolina, lived in Alaska, now living um, in Alabama. So there there isn't necessarily like a, a full-on tie to the state of Alabama that. You know, it was a favorite. The in-state school should have been the favorite. Um, you know, the Crimson Tide should have pulled off this flip. That wasn't the case. You know, he was considering the likes of Texas as well. Florida was in the mix for a little bit. So, you know, all that is to say that this wasn't an easy flip for Alabama, and especially considering the defensive line outlook in this recruiting cycle and how there aren't really many guarantees to land your top two in-state defensive line targets and Jeremiah Beeman and Asai Fonga, you know, that's massive for, for the program. You know, you, you, you talk about uh, what Asaya brings to the table. You know, he's somebody who's a little bit on the lighter side for a three-tech defensive lineman. He's about six foot two, 285 pounds. But when you put on his tape, you see that first, um, that, that first quick step, uh, you know, how he's able to slip between offensive linemen. I, I thought that was probably the, the most outstanding attribute that I saw is just how he's able to fit through those crevices and get to the background you know when you look at the rating you know maybe it isn't as high as some other defensive linemen but you know I think the big thing is looking for the production but he influenced his place even if he isn't making the tackle or the sack himself he's redirecting the quarterback or running back um, to his teammates so yeah no Asaya is somebody that Alabama fans should be very excited about and um you know, they're looking to land Edric Houston. They're looking to land Dalen Evans, some other defense alignment targets. You know, those aren't necessarily guaranteed. So to get those two guys in Beeman and Fonga committed, massive for the Crimson Tide and Freddie Roach. Yeah, in a word, when I look, when I watched Fonga's clips, disruptive. And you said it, 6'2", yeah. 285, um, so not classic three technique size, but in what Alabama likes to do. With their base, he can play some end. He can play some five technique at that size. But certainly what you see is a guy that in some pass rush situations inside, projecting him could be really problematic. I mean, he's more than a block eater. This is a guy who projects, again, as a strong, pretty advanced in the way of using his hands, that short space quickness that you talked about that he uses to take advantage of high school linemen. I'm not saying he's going to be Quinnen Williams. I'm just saying in the way that he operates, you can see some of that uh, with him. And this is a guy, I think that 
in time, right? Would you guess that he's going to move up in the rankings? I just don't know if a lot of folks have had a chance to really check him out to this point, understandably. Uh, but in time, I, I think this guy is going to be on the move. I think people, you know, especially the opposing fan bases, they're like, oh, you know, he commits Alabama. He's going to get the Bama bump. You hear that so many times. But Watch the tape. Yeah, you watch the tape. And, and not only that, Alabama's had so much success with defensive linemen. So when you put a defensive lineman with the potential that uh, Asaya has into into that scheme and you know, he's getting the coaching that he's get, uh, that he's getting, you know, I spoke with his father uh, earlier this morning and he talked about just the, the amount of experience on that coaching staff from Freddie Roach to Nick Saban to Kevin Steele, you know, Charlie, you know, every, every single person, you know, that Asaya is going to be able to interact with on a day-to-day basis. It only should um, you know, elevate his production. So, like, you know, you see Jeremiah Smith, the number two overall player in the country, top-ranked wide receiver. He's committed to Ohio State. You know, if he's committed to Ohio State uh, and, and, you know, what they've done at the receiver position in recent years, you should you should have his upside projected higher in a system like that and an offense like that compared to, I I, I don't know, uh, Utah or, or um, you know, uh, North Carolina or, or a program that – isn't necessarily known for being a wide receiver factory. You know, if you put them in a in a in a system in a in a coaching staff that's accustomed to developing that position at a high level, yes, you know, their ranking should go up, you know, because you're projecting their upside. You're projecting what they're expected to do at the next level and beyond. So yeah, you know, considering the tape that he has, like you mentioned, and also considering the uh this system that he's going to, he is going to be deserving of a rankings bump. Now, how how high of a rankings bump that'll be remains to be seen is he gonna push for top 100 status not 100 percent certain yet but i do it should be a guarantee that he's gonna get to four-star status and uh knock on that door of uh of top 100 overall yeah people kind of talk about a utah offer like it's a g5 you know a low g5 and this is a team ask usc about utah this past season right um in the pac-12 championship game ask the florida gators Team, you know a little bit about anyway. Ask the Florida Gators about that upcoming season opener in Salt Lake. How much are they really looking forward to making that trip? Um, it's a really good program, man. And uh, yeah, I, I would guess maybe the size a little bit. Maybe people wonder if he's a little bit of a tweener between end and tackle. But if he's 285 already, if you play at 290, 295 at Alabama, he's not that far away. He really isn't. So uh, that will be interesting. Uh, but I agree. I, I think more often than not, uh, the offers will tell you a lot about how a guy uh, checks in, uh, in in that particular area more than anything else. Hey, um, I know we're also tracking, speaking of the lines of scrimmage, uh, a big potential commitment from an offensive lineman from Texas, Michael Uini. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, looks like he's down, Joseph, to Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan. Uh, you caught up with him earlier in the week. He had been on a whirlwind of sort of visits to his favorites. Is this a guy playing it close to the vest where his finalists are concerned? Or is he tipping his hand? Where's he kind of at with uh, tomorrow looming? Yeah, so when we talked, it was more so keeping it close to the vest, not really revealing too much. He did say that his mind was made up, so... Coming off that official visit to Georgia, I uh, took this past weekend, and then also he took one to Alabama in the midweek, and then Michigan the uh, the weekend before. His mind was already made up when we had spoken, which I thought was pretty interesting. He had yet to inform any coaching staff 
about his decision. I don't know if that has changed since then. I would imagine so, but his commitment is going to be coming on Friday, June 30th. So we we will know soon. Uh, you know, he talked about all three of those programs with me. Talking about Alabama, he he mentioned just the support that the program has, that the pre- preparation for life after football. He said that his family was left speechless th- after their conversation with Nick Saban. He got to spend time with a few Alabama true freshman offensive linemen in Rock- Montgomery, Wilkin Formby, and Olaus Alamine. Got to learn a little bit more about the program from their perspective. And it was more of an intimate visit because it was a midweek. So him and Grant Bricks, the only other official visitors, you know, they were pretty much given the red carpet treatment. They were the only ones in town during that time. So he got more of an intimate feel with Eric Wolford and and the staff. And he really liked the pitch that Wolford made about his uh, Alabama's offensive line development and uh, just what they've been able to do at the position group in recent years, you know, switching over to Georgia, you know, he talked about just, he didn't say necessarily that they're the new Alabama, because I think, uh, you know, recruits are a little bit scared to say that, Um, you know, you don't, you don't want it to, come off in a negative way that, oh, Alabama's the thing of the past and Georgia's the new thing. But he did say that they're becoming the new Alabama in terms of just the standard that they hold themselves to and, um, you know, what the program has been able to do over these past couple of years, which he was attracted to. He's also attracted to the idea of blocking for Dylan Riola and Ryan Puglisi, the two quarterback commits there. And he's spoken with Riola before, too. As for Michigan, you know, they were the team that had the prediction made in the predictions made in their favor coming off its official visit. It seemed like they were the team trending. But those official visits to Alabama and Georgia really shook things up in his recruitment. In my opinion, I think he's he lands in the SEC. I would probably lean Georgia right now, um, but it's going to be one to watch for sure. Yeah, it's going to be very fascinating to watch play out, no doubt about it. So uh, we also consider places you've been in this last month, as we talked about earlier. Uh, boy, Julian saying at the Elite 11 and the 7-on-7 seven seven event that was sort of in conjunction with that, following your coverage, which I was locked into, um, was it as impressive as it, as it sounded? Uh, you were there. Tell us what you saw. Look, I saw Julian earlier this year at Battle Miami, and, you know, I was impressed. You know, I I liked everything that I'd seen from him. I thought he checked off all the boxes, you know, looked like a a top three quarterback. Those were kind of the things that I was saying. He took it up another level with this one here, and I think it really kind of starts off with where he's at physically. He definitely seems to have filled out a little bit, um, you know, especially with his upper body. That was a little bit of a knock on him that he was a little bit too small. He's definitely filled out a little bit. He's up to 6'2", 195 now. That's what he told me uh, during our conversation. Obviously, didn't get to see him on uh, on the scale or anything like that. But, uh, you know, for him to be there physically, that kind of stood out to me the most. You talk about everything that he does. It's from the A minus to A plus range with almost every single thing that he uh, put forth at the Elite 11, whether it was his footwork, which was consistent on every single throw, his throwing motion, which had zero wasted motion. He had a quick release. Uh, it, it has a quick release. I mean, every single throw got, got out of his hand uh, with pop. He's not necessarily somebody who's going to you know, throw the laces off the football or anything like that. You know, he's not he's not going to, you know, put fire on it like some other quarterbacks can. But, you know, he does throw it with decent, actually very good velocity. There was a receiver uh, during the first seven-on-seven portion at the Elite 11, but when he caught the ball from Julian, he's like, that you know what came in hot, that's a five-star quarterback right there. So, you know, Julian can definitely put some zip on the ball. Um, you know, he, he can also make some off-platform throws. Uh, he's re- really good just fundamentally every single thing from his feet to to his shoulder alignment to his throwing motion 
every throw looks exactly like the previous one. I I, I was just blown away um, <clears throat> by him, everything that he showcased, what he showcased off the field. If he messed up, he would he would laugh it off and just go right to the next uh, to the next rep and, and and throw it perfectly. That that's just kind of the mentality that he has, and he wants to compete as well. You know, I talked with. On through uh, director of scouting rankings, Charles Power, about Julian, he's like, I don't think I can recall a quarterback in recent years who's competed at as many events as Julian has. The QB retreat, the seven-on-sevens, the going from the Elite 11 finals to the OT7, seven-on-seven nationals right after. I mean, this kid just loves playing football. I think Alabama fans will, re will really like him, not only for what he brings to the table on the field, but just for how much he cares about football and how much he wants to win at those things off the field. I mean, he flew out across the country to, to go to the cookout last week because mm -hmm. he, he saw the visitors list. I mean, that's, you know, that level of dedication, you know, that, that'll win you a lot of followers and a lot of fans. No doubt about it. Excitement. When you think about Julian saying as the sort of ringleader for this 2024 recruiting class, Joe, and, you talk about receivers, man. Then you go to the UA Next Future 50 down at IMG in Bradenton, Florida, and you get a firsthand account of Ryan Williams, the outstanding wide receiver commitment for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And then you also see Jamie French of Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, talk about those two guys and maybe envisioning a future where perhaps they're working on the outside with Julian Say and delivering the football. Wow. What a future to think about there uh, with Alabama, just the talent that they're going to be bringing into the receiver room in this class and then potentially in 2025 with Ryan Williams already committed and then Jamie French. So with Ryan, I got to see him earlier this year at the Under Armour Atlanta camp, but you know, there was a lot of interviews that we we're doing, a lot of things going on on both sides of the field. I couldn't really see him up close. This was the first time his speed is out of this world. I mean, it is it is special. And, you know, when he's running his routes, especially in the one-on-one -on -one situations, he really keeps defenders on his heels because he can he can go any way. He can go literally any single direction at any moment. And he sells he sells the outside in and then goes in perfectly. I mean, his speed is just it's just magnificent. Electric. Yeah. Electric. Absolutely electric. Uh, his catch radius, too, really stood out to me. There was one. Um, one pass that he caught, caught on a post route uh, where, where the throw was a little bit high and a little bit behind. He just snatched it and then kept going at full speed. It, it was probably arguably, I know the video that I posted of his one-on-one -on -one blew up, but that was arguably, in my opinion, his best catch of the day. Uh, just how he was able to catch that, bring it in uh, and keep it in stride, even though it was an off-place throw. Um, you know, he's also got, you know, some decent height and and talk about filling out his frame. Him and Julian have done that over the past few months since I've seen them. He's starting to fill it out a little bit more. And look, he's not, you know, 175, 180, kind of that ideal wide receiver um, weight range, but he's he's getting there and he will get there by the time it comes for him to be at Alabama and and and, and strap up in the, in the crimson and white. So, yeah, there, there's nothing more I can say about Ryan Williams that hasn't been said already before. I think he's honestly just looking at recruits, regardless of class, um, seniors, juniors, sophomores. He's a top 10 player in the country, which is I, I, I don't necessarily like putting those type of expectations on a young man like that. But he is worth the hype. Uh, and then Jamie French. I, I talked with uh, one of our on three rankings experts, Cody Belair, about him. And he just said that he's Mr. Consistent. He'll cut you up. He'll dice you up. Um, you know, he's somebody who's going to consistently work the chains. Now, does he have to take the top off um, the defense type of speed that Williams has? 
No, but he, he, you know, if you need a first down, you're going to Jamie French. He's just going to be able to get uh, move the chains at will. Uh, really, really, really good route runner. Um, you know, has these de decent size as well too. Um, you know, for being a rising junior, which is what you look for um, projecting at the next level. Um, you know, where they're at physically at this stage, and um, you know, J J Jamie's just somebody I continue to be impressed with. Uh, he was just making play after play in the seven on seven portion of the UA Future Fifty event. Uh, catching out routes, catching um, you know, deep deep throws, you know, near the sideline. Um, you know, working in the middle of the field, he could pretty much do everything. Um, so I, I was really excited about seeing him. I think I don't necessarily want to bring up Jerry Judy's name, but you, you see a little bit of that in him. Um, and I, I just think the tandem of those two would be would be phenomenal if Alabama was able to land both of them. French got an announcement coming up, doesn't he? He does. July 22nd. He's got a top five right now. Alabama's in that top five. Um, you know, Florida State's also in the mix there, too. Um, Notre Dame. I know he took a visit to Florida. They weren't in his top five before. Um, you know, maybe they'll get a hat on the table. They're at a nearby school. But uh, look, Alabama's leading on the on three recruiting prediction machine. We continue to feel confident in Bama's chances. You know, once again, as we stress, recruiting is something that changes all the time. But the way things are kind of shaping out. Um, it really looks like Alabama's in a good spot there. And uh, once again, you talk about how much of a massive addition that would be. It just, you know, him, Ryan Williams, you know, Julian Sane as their quarterback, it just, it, it's something that Alabama fans should be really hyped up about. Yeah, we're getting into announcement season. We just had camp and visit season. And boy, Casey Poe, another big Texan offensive lineman, maybe the top interior offensive lineman for the 2024 cycle. He's got one coming up. Alabama, very prominent in his mm. mix. So uh, kind of transitioning a little bit. Maybe we'll keep you off the road a little bit, but doesn't mean it won't be busy. Oh, I'm definitely planning on it. You know, if J Jamie has the commitment ceremony. I definitely plan on going up there too. You know, I'm I'm, I'm from Gainesville, so I'll, I'll stop by. I see the family. May make a nice. trip out to Iowa as well. Well, so there'll be a little bit more bol on the road, Joe on the road uh, in the coming weeks. All right, we love it, and we love the work you do for us, Joe at BamaOnline.com. Love our staff: Tim Watts, Charlie Potter, uh, Clint, Jimmy. Andrew, yourself, uh, the list goes on and on and really proud to be a part of the on three network now with you guys. And you all need to hang out with us at the Bama online Roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. Thanks again, Joe. Look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you, Travis, for having me on. I'm looking forward to it, man. Absolutely. For Joseph Hastings, Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama online podcast until next time. So long, everybody.